friends. We are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. Um, I don't really have anything to intro us today. I am sipping on some sweet tea, which is very Southern of me. We had two snow days in a row because Tennessee cannot take care of any sort of inclement weather. So I've just been posted up at my house by myself, um, and my little doggy Binky is sitting right next to me. So Llewellyn... Why don't you just kick us off with the episode recap and we will get into it because I know we've got some fun things at the end. All right. Yeah. So (laughs) this week we watched season four, episode two, the one with the cat. This was written by Jill Condon and Amy Tooman. Those are some fun names. Directed by Mm -hmm. Shelley Jensen and originally aired on 10-2 of 1997. Phoebe believes her adoptive mother's spirit inhabits a stray cat and Joey finds the experience of selling his entertainment center, not entertaining at all. And Monica finally gets to date the big man on her high school campus. Yes. Okay. Love it. While in the soft open, uh, Chandler's coming out of his room and the TV stand rips Chandler's jacket on the elbow as he's trying to like, walk past it and joey gives him this you know mini tutorial of you've got to like turn and slide past it and this brings up this conversation of you know chandler is sort of offering to sell it because joey simply won't throw it out chandler's it's sort of like the last straw he doesn't want this thing in his house anymore taking up all of his space and um joey is very emphatically against the idea of getting rid of it but Chandler tries to like pacify like we okay then at least sell it so that we can just get it out of here and Joey's like but the chicken the duck are like they, what are we gonna tell them and they are partying it up in their little cubby <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> they're living their life it was actually really cute, yeah. <laughs> cute the way that they like organized it it reminded me of like being a kid and always wanted like a sec- wanting like a secret space to like you know like turning your closet into your own little you know with twinkle lights and pillows and blankets and you know things like that it reminded me like that but obviously to a different degree but it was super cute with the little duck yeah. and chick um And that's pretty much the soft open. It just lays out the storyline that we're going to experience with Chandler and Joey throughout the rest of the episode. We, you know, are introduced in this episode in the girls' apartment. We find out that Chip um, calls Monica. Um, Apparently, they run into each other while they're out and about. And he calls and um, does he leave a message? Yeah, he leaves a message for Monica. And she listens to the message while Ross is there. Yes. Now we find out that who is Chip? Chip took Rachel to the prom. Now is this the same Chip that we, have we seen this episode yet? With the video camera adding on 10 pounds to Monica where Chip is like super late and Ross goes to like, yes, we did see this. I'm sorry. We definitely saw it. Um, Chip was the one that showed up super late and you know, derailed Ross's plans to take Rachel to her prom. Yeah. Cause remember Rachel was like super upset about it. This is the same chick. Yeah. Um, now Ross is like, Oh my gosh, he's like the most popular boy in school. And Monica's like, I know <laughs> she's like, 
transported back into her high school days and she goes to call him because was it Ross the one that took the notes? No. Or was it Monica, Monica taking her? Monica took the notes and I okay. think she also called him back. She did because we see her devolve into this little schoolgirl again where she's like, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Bye. Best combo ever. <laughs> Ross is like, what? Ross is like, oh my gosh, like that's totally a girl thing. Like, if I can transport myself back into the day, like, I feel like phone calls and nervous conversations, you know, it was, you obviously didn't text anybody back in the day. Um, or if you did, they were like 10 cents a text. So it's not like you were going back and forth a lot. <laughs> yeah. It was like, what you did was call. And so she has this, like, really short conversation, but she was like, that was the best ever. Now, Rachel is coming home, and we're finding this sort of, you know, interaction had just happened. Monica, you know, eventually, like, walks out of the room, but Ross is like, I'm leaving. And they banter a little bit about um, a report. Is that what Ross has to write? No, Rachel, I think... No, Rachel said something like, oh, progress reports to read. You might fall asleep. And he goes, why? Did you write it? Oh, yes. <laughs> I Thank was, you. It was like, <laughs> I remember laughing so loud, so hard. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Um, and while she's sort of like in the living room and they're talking, she sees the note next to the phone about Chip. And because they had just been bantering, I think Ross really would have let it go if they hadn't just started again. But all of a sudden she's like, she's sort of like throwing it in Ross's face. Like, oh, Chip called. I wonder what that could be about. Like, and Ross just lets her think that it's for her by calling the bluff. She's like, maybe I'll call him right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's funny because like she like, turns on a dime like Ross makes that statement like why did you write it and she gets like irritated and then she sees the note and she immediately starts gloating and is like oh like all the attention on me like Chip wants me and you can see Ross like contemplate like to tell her and then he stops yeah and he just changes <laughs> and it it's I mean I I think this is my favorite like Ross and Rachel moments is when they're like bantering and irritated with each other because yeah, I just don't care for them that much anyway. So I think they do really well at the whole bantering back and forth. Yeah, and I feel like Rachel could have maybe caught on a little bit to the 180 degree change in Ross's demeanor when he finally sort of realizes that he's going to let her fall on her own sword with this. Like all of a sudden they're bantering and then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, yeah, you should definitely do that. Like, wouldn't you be like, I was like, I was thinking of myself in Rachel's shoes and being like, wait, why? Why should I do that? You know, all of a sudden, because Ross is like 100% gung-ho for her calling another guy. She should know, like, Ross wouldn't do that without having, like, an ulterior uh, ulterior motive, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Um, And so... She she calls, obviously, Ross, like, gets closer and closer to her physically as she's having this conversation with Chip on the phone. And and Rachel realizes that he had called originally for Monica. 
and Ross is like right at her, her ear and he goes, oh, that's right. He is very pleased with himself. Oh, yes. It, it's so funny. <laughs> I think Petty Ross is my favorite. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's not even the angry Ross. It's the Petty Ross that that makes me very thrilled to be in his corner. And, and what will make me actually want him to win a conversation is when he's petty, <laughs> I think. Um. Okay, so we go downstairs to the cafe, and Phoebe is, like, raging on the machine here. Um, We find out that Joey put an ad in the paper to sell, you know, this big curio cabinet, TV cabinet thing. Yeah, but he listed it as the finest oak east of the Mississippi. (laughs) And fine Italian craftsmanship. I think Chandler is like, seriously, dude. He's like, really, dude? (laughs) Just be... I was like, man, if I ever make something on like Etsy, I'll just call it like Polish art, art, uh, Polish artisan artisanal something because I'm like half Polish. <laughs> Please <laughs> do. To, like, <laughs> okay. yeah, I'll, I'll say something about like Dutch, like authentic. There you Dutch. go. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna lean real heavily into our ancestral um, history <laughs> in order to make some money. Um, which is essentially what he's doing. So Ross sees it, you know, in in the in the newspaper and is essentially pointed it out. And he said he offered it for five thousand dollars. Yeah, like come on, Joey, that's ridiculous. Nowadays, you look at like the thinness of the boards. I'm like, that looks like it could have come from IKEA. Yeah. Like, besides the finish itself, like, obviously, oak is really, it's only just now kind of coming back. But even then, oak is not really, like, that's not currently in right now. And it's kind of in that, like, it looks like plywood. Like, they're just regular boards that are put together. I'm like, that's an Ikea furniture set. Like, that's, they ship it all to you, and then that's all, that's all of it. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think... Chandler's the one that says $50 or best offer. Like, he's like, you need to change it. Right? Yeah, I think so. And he's like, you call yourself an accountant? And Chandler's like, no. <laughs> because he's not an accountant. He's like, what do you do? <laughs> like, still, no one knows what Chandler does. I just love, I love that moment, though, because he's like, no. And then Joey's <laughs> like, well, what do you do? And all the friends look at him like, yeah, what do you do? And they were just all so mm. puzzled. Now, while they're trying to, like, sort of figure it out, we see this cat come into the cafe, and it goes right into Phoebe's guitar case. And Phoebe thinks that this cat is her mother, Lily. Now, I think it was, like, like the cat went into the car, the, the, oh, my gosh, the guitar case, which is lined with orange felt. And obviously that's because her mother had orange carpet or something. Like, Phoebe is making these very far-fetched connections to be able to try and draw a parallel. And she's, like, very adamant about it from the start. Like, she is, she's 100% in. And we find out that the boys notice that the cat is very much a boy. Yeah. It's a boy cat. Um, And that's kind of how we end the scene. So we go back upstairs. And 
Rachel's sort of like, Monica, when were you going to tell me about Chip? Um, like, why would you go out with him after what he did? And she was like, Monica's like, you were popular and rode on a motorcycle and wore his Leatherman jacket. And I had a specially made band uniform. And we find out that Rachel was in the home ec class um, because they said it was for the mascot. <laughs> yeah. They were like sewing this thing. They're like, oh, they said it was for the mascot. Um, she's essentially like, I've never gotten to go out with a popular guy. Like, I, I, please let me do this. I, 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 this. I'm doing this for my, my old high school self. Said, like, I never let the girl she eat. She said, I'm doing this for the fat girl in me. I never let her eat. <laughs> It's so good. And I think I think Rachel understands. I think Monica does a really good job here of kind of trying to get Rachel to come to her, like to, to help her become more empathetic to Monica's outlook on high school. It was It was not a fun time for her. It was not like a good memory. She didn't have a lot of wins mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. And she needed Rachel to come down to her level and be like, I, I want you to understand why I'm doing this. And it's, I, I and, and I even don't think Monica was really doing it in order to like really see where it went. Like I didn't get any inkling that it was sort of like, I really liked Chip in high school a lot. And this might be like our reunion. I really did feel like I'm trying to do something for my former self because I needed, I need to let her, like my former self know that we win. Yeah. I would say the same thing. You know? Yeah. Um, now the guys come in, right? And they're sort of like, any luck on selling the entertainment center? And Joey's saying no to everyone, according to Chandler. Like, no one is good enough for this entertainment, you know, system, center, talent thing, whatever. Um, and obviously Chandler's really frustrated about it, but Joey, it's, it's like when you rehome a pet, you like need it to go to a good home. That's sort of the feeling I get from Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the cat is really squirmy with Phoebe, and she's sort of like, like, no, why would you want to get away from me? Like, you're my mom, and whatever. So she leaves to go to the other room, and Ross just sort of, like, starts going off, which turns into an argument when Rachel takes the side, you know, the other side, literally just in spite of yeah. Ross's argument. He, she just literally crosses over to the other side, and... She's like, you always have to be right. And he was like, and he all of a sudden just starts like trying to tell her that that's not right. But that's him being right, trying to tell her that she's not right. So he like realizes that she's trying to like ramp him up. And she goes, Jurassic Park could happen. And he just. Well, it's (laughs) it's funny because he was he realizes that she was right. And mm-hmm. he didn't want to admit it, so he just stopped talking. And so he started acting like he was leaving. <laughs> and he opens the door, and she's like, Jurassic Park could happen. And he goes to close it, but then quickly walks out of it and shuts the door. And it's just the it's just the funniest. I, I, I freaking love Ross in this episode and his in everything he does in this episode. Yeah, I would agree. This is one of the few episodes where throughout I'm like almost – pro Ross even though I love the fact that Rachel is literally just egging him on on purpose like she knows that the comment about Jurassic Park would set him off (laughs) and she's trying she is trying to push his buttons to see if he'll like 
try to throw his opinion out there to prove her point that he always has to be right. <laughs> like, it's all so good. It's all so good. Now, over across the hall at the guy's apartment, you see these guys, um, Joey and Chandler, are hanging out with these two guys, and they're kind of, like, assessing the entertainment center, and we come to find out that he's like, I'll trade you for it. He's like, well, okay, what would you want to trade? And he's like, a canoe. And Chandler's kind of like, what are we going to do with a canoe? Like, obviously, a canoe is not something that we're looking for. Um... And we find out that, like, the same thing is happening here with the sellers as it is with our friends, you know, Joey and Chandler. We find out that one of the guys is is a brother to the other guy, and he's the one who's like Chandler that wants to get rid of the entertainment system and wants to get rid of the canoe. And in the back of the room, you see Joey, the one who doesn't want to get rid of it, and the brother who has the canoe that he, you know, made. And we find out that, like, they're both experiencing the same thing. The brother will not get rid of the canoe if he can't help it. And then all of a sudden, Joey is, like, rooting for the brother, which is obviously not helping Chandler's plan to sell this entertainment system. So it's kind of a funny conundrum, you know, of what they get themselves into. Downstairs at the cafe, we catch back up. Rachel finds a lost cat sign. And Ross is Julio. Yes. And Ross is really the only one who advocates for telling Phoebe the truth. Um, Now, unfortunately, he's not going to be the one to tell her, at least in this scene, because he has to leave to go see his son, which is honestly the first mention of Ben in a long time. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Did we have any mention of him in season three? Although it felt like an entire year, which it pretty much was. But I feel like we have not heard about Ben in so long. Yeah, I have no idea when the last time was. Yeah, well, Phoebe comes in. and well, okay, obviously, one small point. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. As soon as, as, soon as Ross leaves, they all kind of look at each other and it's like, oh, I hate it when he's right. <laughs> it was just like, it made me laugh because it's like you guys just argued about him always being right. And he's right. Yeah, he is. In this situation, he, Ross is definitely right. He should tell her. Yeah. Um, now, Phoebe does come in with the cat. And Joey, like, he tries to start, but then he chickens out. Then Monica kind of scoots over and then chickens out. And then, like, literally everyone at the end is off the couch because they all cannot tell Phoebe the truth. In... Now, in the next couple scenes, it goes really fast. It's like, it's a lot of things that happen, like, in really quick succession. So I'm going to try and do it accurately. accurately. And if I miss anything, Llewellyn, please point it okay. out. So we go upstairs to the girl's apartment and Chip's at the door. And Monica isn't ready. So Rachel answers and essentially kind of calls Chip out for cheating on her um, at the prom is what it was right yeah it was like making out with somebody else no, or he, had sex with somebody he else slept with amy welsh was her name amy amy welsh thank you for that and uh and so rachel sort of like you know not bitter not like she's happy that monica gets to do this for herself but she has really unresolved things with chip um and chip realizes that he's calling out he's like man i haven't seen amy since and then he sort of like gets the look on her face and rachel's like yeah <laughs> exactly um, over across the apartment, 
uh, the Hall of the Guys. Um, now there's a buyer that's there. And Joey is alone. So we don't know where Chandler is in this moment. But Joey is alone with this, you know, hopefully a buyer. And he starts to get into the specifics and or the specs of the thing of how big it is. And he practically tells this guy how to rob him. Right. <laughs> and so he bets him that he can fit in there. And the guy's like, I don't know. And then Joey goes in there. He shoves a broom handle. And the first thing he steals is some electronics and heads out the door. Now back on the date, we pick up with Monica and Chip again. Um, He's got a motorcycle. She's going to, like, you know, hop on the motorcycle, something that she'd, like, thought about. Obviously, this is something that she, you know, kind of brought up to Rachel. Like, I didn't get to ride the motorcycle with Chip, and you would just go off and do it. Now, he kisses right at the start of this date. Did you did you have any thoughts on that? Because I was like, oh, okay. It, that's really, I mean, good for him. It seems for very high school. Decision. You know, like they're... Does it? Emotions and they, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't really kissed in high school, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that she. I love that she points out. um, She's like, I just got a lipper from Chipper. Oh yes. And he's like, what? She's like, oh, that's what we called it in high school. That. It made me like viscerally cringe like i was sort of like oh i don't like the sound of that at all yeah it was gross um now in this like kind of continuation of the day we find out that he 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 kind of asked like hey do you hang out with anybody from high school and she's like i mean i guess there's rachel but no not really i mean i guess high school friends just sort of you know just kind of lose touch and She's like, you? And he's like, oh, not many. And then he lists literally everybody. Everybody that he hung out with in high school. How he hangs out with certain people all the time. Meets up with other people every so often. Occasionally runs into others. But, like, this guy has not left high school. No. I mean, isn't he wearing his his Letterman jacket, like, on the date? Yeah, he is. Like, he has not left high school. It's the worst. It's like, here's a guy who peaked in high school. Yeah, which is unfortunate. It Yeah, it really is. Now, back at the guy's place, uh, Chandler walks in and the apartment is completely cleared out. He, like, goes to throw his keys onto, like, wherever they normally keep it, whether it was, like, the table or whatever it was. And it, they just, like, it just falls to the ground. And then he sort of looks and realizes, like, it is wiped clean. Like, I think the picture of the Three Stooges guys on the back wall, it's crooked and, like... The cabinet's there and everything else is gone. <laughs> I would be so um, mad. Like Chandler's oh, reaction was spot on because, oh, I would be so mad. Did you know he <laughs> bought all of that? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yes, he did. He absolutely did. And it's all gone. And then he hears Joey. And you can see on his face that he realizes like what has happened. Before he really gets to the point with Joey, he all of a sudden is like, like he gets this look on his face like Joey is in the cupboard. Oh, man. And so he unlocks it. Here's Joey. And all of a sudden. He's like, man, they promised me they wouldn't steal everything (laughs) or something like or that they wouldn't take the chairs. The two chairs is what he was worried about. 
And of course, it's all gone. So Chandler's pissed. Obviously, this cabinet has cost him a whole bunch more than just the physical space in the apartment. Um, but yeah, anything else just about that? Nope. Okay. We only have really two kind of scenes left. Um, we're going to wrap up the date with Monica, uh, who is having a horrible time, really. Um he still works at the movie theater that he, I guess, worked out in high school. Still lives with his parents. Like, she's just realizing that even though, like, she gave her old self, like, the validation of, like, we made it. It's sort of like, that's, the that was, the idea of it is really the peak of it, not the actual thing itself. Because he is definitely not a catch based on, based on his criteria here. And then, um... Back upstairs, we kind of, you know, finish in the guy's apartment. All the girls come over. Rachel asks about the date. Um, She's like, I got to dump Chip Matthews. She was like, I'm super excited about it. It's okay. Like, it was actually great that I got to dump him. Ross comes in asking about, like, you know, the insurance. And obviously, like, we can tell the guys definitely don't have any insurance by the way that they respond. Um. But then Ross notices the cat with Phoebe and he's mad and he tells her. Now, one thing like I do appreciate Ross for this um, protection and like protecting someone isn't always being kind to someone. Right. Um, and we see it in this instance. Now, I do think he's st- I do think he sticks it out a little long and is a little harsh but I do appreciate the fact that he was the one that said something. Now, as a kind of a response, Phoebe comes back like, if she's wrong, who cares? Like, be a friend and be supportive. And I think Phoebe's also very right. So, like, Ross is right to be the one to tell his friend the truth, even though he knows it's going to hurt and he's going to have to be the bad guy. But sometimes speaking the truth in love does hurt. Yeah. And Phoebe is also right, saying, if I'm wrong, like, who cares? Because Ross did come off a little bit harsh. Um, And, like, just be supportive. Like, if I'm wrong, then, like, be there to pick me up if I'm wrong. But you, like, I don't have to, I don't have to, like, be right just to, like, remain your friend, you know, essentially. And Rachel sort of suggests that he say sorry to the mom cat. Mm -hmm. And, And Rachel's totally eating this up, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um... But because of all this, Phoebe does decide to give the cat back. She kind of, like, gives the, quote, mom, Lily, kind of like, you were my mom and, you know, you were in my life. And kind of gives her, like, this sort of like a eulogy. Like, she's mourning the loss of her mom in this moment and is doing so vicariously through this cat. And she has the support of her friends there, you know, to kind of help her decide to give this cat back. Um. Now, as, like, this is kind of coming to a close, Ross offers up the futon um, in his room. And I wrote that Chandler is pissed at Joey's response, but I didn't actually write Joey's response um, down. So do you remember what? I, I didn't write it down either, but I I think it was, like, he. it was stupid because Ross is offering him a futon because they don't have anything. And, and I, think, I think Joey said something like, well, why would we want that? Or... Something dumb, like contradicting the whole thing. Like, dude, we don't have anything. That's why we want it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It was sort of like, 
Joey refused it, and Chandler's like, you're an idiot, essentially is what yeah. the main thing was. So Now, the tag is really simple. It is one single shot of the guys sitting in the canoe in the living room. With the chick and the duck. With the chick and the duck. So they have traded out their stand that has cost them so much <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah, and they stare off just into one one spot for about 30 seconds of this end clip. Do I think that the producers of the show could have used 30 seconds elsewhere? Sure. But they didn't. And so we have this, you know, 30 second clip of just them staring off into the distance. <laughs> sitting it's in this pretty funny. Camp. I'm glad they added it. <laughs> um, okay. Any, anything else about just this episode in general? Nope. What was your favorite scene? Um, I'd probably have to say the scene where, um, in the beginning where Ross and Rachel are bickering back and forth, um, before she realizes that Chip had called or like when she realized Chip had called, um, and how he like turned on a dime and basically got her back. I just love their... I just love that. Well, progress reports is what I had to read all day. Well, did you write it? <laughs> uh, I just loved it. Yeah, I, I would agree. That's also my favorite um, scene for sure. It's, I think it's just easy because Ross definitely set her up. Yeah. And then she sets him up later with the dinosaur, you know, Jurassic Park could happen, which is hilarious. So she was kind of getting, getting him back in that moment. But I think Ross setting her and be like, oh, that's right. I think that's my favorite part, too. So definitely my favorite scene as well. Um, episode rating. How would you rate this episode? Um, I would probably rate this one a how you doing. Um, mm. You say, I'm like, why? <laughs> no, I'm just curious. I don't know. I mean, it was a funny episode. I love the Ross and Rachel dynamic. Um, Joey is an idiot. Um <laughs> And I like that, I like that Monica got, like, redemption from high school. Like, that was nice. Um, I also think she's still reeling from her breakup with Pete. So she's, you know, willing to Mm. do anything. But um, I also appreciated Phoebe in the end, which one thing we didn't really mention is she, you know, she pointed at Ross. Like, she knew that the cat obviously wasn't her mom. But she looked at Ross and was like, well, have you ever lost a parent? Like, do you have any idea what it's like? Like, can't you just be supportive of me if, if I see something that reminds me of my parent? Um, mm-hmm. And I think just, like, that genuine moment. And, like, we all know Ross was right, but we also know that Phoebe was right. So it was like, yeah, you got to come to an agreement that sometimes we both can be right and we can just still be friends about it. So I don't know. That has nothing to do with my rating. I probably should have rated it higher. Um but I'm going to leave it at that. How you doing? No, I like that rating. What's really hard is like, I think that because of what's weird is I think Ross and Rachel carried this episode, even though them themselves were not a storyline. Yeah. I think just their banter back and forth and their arguments and their pettiness really carried it. But like, Phoebe's cat mom is not a strong storyline to me. 
um, Joey and Chandler trying to sell this TV cabinet is also not a strong storyline. It's hilarious that they got it stolen um, and that Joey was an idiot and literally told someone how to get out of there without him, you know, being able to combat in any way. Um, and then, like, Monica on a date, like, it, I'm, I really am grateful for her. But what's really interesting is I'm surprised that when you said how you doing, I thought you would have rated it higher, but there's really not a lot to make it go higher in rating, except for the fact that like, I think Monica or Ross and Rachel in here are hilariously at odds with each other, that it literally carried me through the whole episode to where like, I wasn't bored. I didn't have any like dull moment. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I'm like, I can't rate it any higher or any lower. So I would agree with you. I think how you doing is a really great rating for this episode. Nice. Um, okay, post-show wrap-up, you have a new thing for us that we kind of half-described last week, so why don't we just go ahead and get into yeah, it? Yeah, so for Christmas, one of my family members got me a friend's trivia game. I don't really, I haven't really read the rules on how to play it, um, but I think it's basically, I think you play in teams, and like whoever gets the most questions right there's like a dice that you roll because the cards are different colors. Um, but yeah, they're just questions about friends. And I, disclaimer to everybody, this morning, I, or not this morning, earlier before we started this episode, I asked Leanne to pick a color because I didn't want to do it on the podcast. <laughs> but she picked a color and the first question I pulled up, like the first two questions I pulled up, guys, were literally name Ross's ex-wife's life partner. We all know it's Susan. Susan. And then the second one was, what was Ross's monkey's name? Marcel. Like, those are the easiest questions ever. So I had to dive deeper to find one that may not be so quick thinking. So, Leanne. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm nervous. I have also not looked at the answer just Great. purposely so, so we can kind of like, you know, brainstorm together. Okay. Who handcuffed Chandler to her office chair? Um, that's coming up in this season, I think. It's, um, I, it's Rachel's boss. Is it Rachel's boss? Mm-hmm. Because Rachel comes in and finds him there, stranded. What was her name? I don't know her name. <laughs> Joanna. Joanna. Is that the one that he's already dated? Is he, like, circling back? I think so, because he did already date her. Or is it a new one? recently. Or is it a new one? No, I have a feeling. No, it does seem like something she would do. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he like kind of circles back, I guess. Or we'll find out. I know it's in this season, I think. So. Okay, I want to do one more because I just want to know the answer okay. because I don't remember. I like to. I don't remember this episode. Okay. Um, which two friends were licked on the subway? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like it's probably Ross that and someone else? horrible. Ugh. Okay, my guess is Lit. Ross. Okay. I don't remember this episode. I wish I remembered the context, and I could probably figure it out through context. Yeah. Um, who was licked on the subway? Ross and... Wait. The subway. I'm going to... I'm going to say Joey and Chandler. You're half right. Dang it. 
Who was it's Chandler it? and Phoebe. Oh. I don't remember this episode. How did I know Phoebe would be involved in a subway licking? <laughs> it just sounds very Phoebe. I should have known. It does. Um, those are good. I like that. Those were those were pretty difficult. What colors were those? That was a blue and a red. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Social media spotlight. I got this um, from Manang Longkumar. He had sent back at the beginning of December a meme, a Friends-themed meme to us um, for this very episode. So I've been sort of holding on to it, knowing that we were about to approach this episode. It says, um, in the episode where Chan- Chandler and Joey got robbed, you you know that whiteboard, that like that magnet erase whiteboard that they have in their yeah. they usually they've had had it on the back of their door, but they have it right next to the door yeah. in this episode. We can see a picture of where Monica comes into the room and is like realizing that they got completely ro- robbed. The thief wrote on the whiteboard, Thanks for all your stuff. No. <laughs> yes. I gotta rewatch that. Isn't that so good? Ugh. Um, so thank you, Manang, for that um, that meme. And then Mahir um, Timbadia says, Happy New Year to you guys, and I hope that this year brings the best things that you guys have wished for. They also, um, they know that they had um, sent that they believed that our podcast was their number one. And so they sent us an actual picture of it, and it says your top podcast was the one with friends. You listened to 71 episodes for a total of 5,876 minutes. Wow, so thank you. Here. Thanks for being awesome. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Um, okay, recommend to a friend. Do you have anything? I noticed you didn't write anything here. But How often okay. do I write things there? <laughs> so true. Um, so true. Why don't you go first? And if I can think of anything, I will pop in. Sure. Um, I have um i guess i found this because i um where i work like they had previously put together some boxes for news media outlets um so that when like a book launches it doesn't just come with a book it comes with like you know maybe like a notebook or you know something to like kind of make it like a boxed book to like send out before the book comes out for like a launch group right and um in our inventory when I was going through it cleaning up some desks and stuff I was working with one of the other girls in my department and we found um these really long like cylindrical things and I opened it and there was I think that was my dog sorry there was um it was a pen like a brass pen and um you can obviously change out the inside but it's like heavy weighted and um, I I kind of love it. I use it for like only special things, like when I'm writing in my journal, um, things like that. But I, I kind of like secretly love it, and I feel really important carrying it around, which is <laughs> so dumb. Um, but yeah, like the the encasing is fully made of brass. Um, you twist off the lid, like it is literally grooved, so that it like twists on and twists off. And then inside, you can also twist off that, like, section that caps in the ink cartridge so that you could obviously replace the the ink inside so that you're not obviously throwing out your brass pen every time your ink cartridge is empty. So you can re- essentially replace it. 
and then have a brand new pen. And so I, um, I have it. I love it. Like I said, I, I carry it around in my purse. Um, it feels like a little bit more important. So I'm like less likely to use it because it's like, it's heavier. It feels a little bit more weighty. Um, so yeah, just, it's something small, but it feels like a kind of like a treat yourself thing. Um, so yeah, I have a, a brass pen. So I would recommend to a friend. Nice. I don't know that I've ever seen a brass pen, so I might have to send me a picture. I know. I definitely can and will. Okay. I think you already did that one. No, I didn't. I just got that. You didn't? Oh, never mind then. Go for it. <laughs> um, okay, so mine might be kind of lame, but I don't care. Um, no, I love I mean, <laughs> mine's literally a brass pen, so. So... Um, for Christmas, usually my parents will ask me what I want. So I just have made like an Amazon wish list that I send both of them. And it's like, you can't go wrong if you get anything on these lists. Um, and so this year my mom was like, well, can you like rate them? So I know like what you really want right now. Cause some of the things on here, like to be fair, some of the things on there are pretty old and I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I actually want that anymore. But, um, so I rated it. And one of the things that was high on my list was a weighted heating pad. Now, I know that, like, for a while and maybe even now still, like, weighted blankets were a big thing and, like, people love them. And I have to admit, I don't love them. They actually make me feel like I'm trapped, um, which is weird because my Enneagram number is, like, that's the top gift. You can get that number. And I can't stand them. Um, But when I was looking for a heating pad because girls, you know, that time of month, you need a heating pad. Um, and I wanted one that could like shut off at a certain amount of time if I'm using it, whatever. Anyways, I'm getting too deep into this. Um, I came across this one on Amazon that was weighted and I was like, you know, that might not be a bad idea because there's nothing worse than having a heating pad on and you have to like hold it in a certain position for it to like stay. Yes. And like press it in there to make it feel effective. Yeah. It's so annoying. So I was like, I really like this, this weighted one. So my mom got me one for Christmas and it has been life changing. Like I've not had that time of month since Christmas, but I can't wait. I mean, I, I can wait, (laughs) but (laughs) sorry guys out there. I like can't wait to like, (laughs) this one's for the ladies. I can't wait to use the heating pad for that, but I've used it like on my back, which is really nice. Um, the only Mm. downside is that if you're like this week, I've been having this like weird cramp in my leg. And it's, like, on the underside of my leg, so I have to sit on the heating pad. But because it's weighted, it doesn't stay up like other heating pads do. So mm. there's one downfall. But for the most part, it's really nice. And it's really comfy. And it's got an automatic timer that will turn off after a certain amount of time. And it's so nice. So if you're looking for a heating pad and you're like, there's so many out there like me because there are so many out there, I really recommend a weighted heating pad because they're nice. Nice. I like it. Couldn't you turn, like, lay on your stomach and have the heating pad on the back of your leg? Well, yeah, but I was using it at work, so oh, I was sitting in a gotcha. chair. I've been getting these oh, really weird it. cramps, like, I don't even know why, but, like, all of a sudden my legs will just cramp up, and it's the worst. Weird. I don't know, it's really weird. Interesting. Okay, well, I think those are great recommends to a friends while you're, while you have your weighted heating pad on, you can write in your fancy brass pen about the pain that you're feeling in your body. <laughs> oh, never mind. Okay, I'm, I'm going to quit now. Um, okay. Uh, 
Llewellyn, I want you to tell me how proud you are of me that we have kept our last two episodes under an hour each. I'm proud of you, and I really appreciate it. I need you to, I need you to tell me how much you love me because of it. You're, you're pretty great. Awesome. Thank you. Um, next week, we're going to cover the one with the cuffs. Yeah, so. Oh, speaking yes. of Chandler being locked up to a cabinet, <laughs> the one with the cuffs. Uh-huh. Nice. All right, friends. We will catch you guys next week on the One with Friends podcast. Bye.